You are listening to Rouge, White and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to the Rouge, White and Blue CFL Podcast. This is Oz Davis. I'll be the co-host of the show, as always. And as always, join me is my co-host, Joe Pritchard. Joe, how's it going for you today? So we're not an XFL podcast yet? <laughs> I think maybe the name would be the CXFL or the XCFL. That's probably the best name you could think of if something really weird happens. <laughs> right, but... We're already jumping the gun. Of course, I suppose everybody that gives a damn about Canadian football has already heard. I guess you can call it the news of the day. In my opinion, it's kind of much ado about nothing. But I mean, we were going to talk about free agency on the show, maybe guess at how much of a season we're going to get in 2021. But instead, we got this kind of kind of fun speculation news story so so let's go with it right now okay so here's the news here's here's a bit of the news from the press release that the cfl offices released on wednesday march the 10th uh the cfl and xfl owners danny garcia dwayne johnson and redbird capital have agreed to work together to identify quote opportunities for the league to collaborate innovate and grow the game of football uh, CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi said, Canada has an exciting game and devoted fans, and our discussion with the XFL provides a tremendous opportunity to build on that strong foundation. We look forward to exploring how we might work with one of the most innovative sports brands in the world to grow the game, engage fans in new ways, and reach new audiences. We look forward to seeing what possibilities our discussions might uncover and to sharing those with our fans as the process unfolds. Now, of course, uh, we like to think, or I suppose the ensuing media kerfuffle, especially on social media, seems to all be about, boy, hang on just a sec, of course is focused on The Rock, who, as, again, everybody who cares about the ZFL knows, he was once an aspirant in that league. Uh, as he says in a post that he made to Instagram today, which I believe is his preferred social media network of choice, uh, begins with, the CFL changed my life. When you have nothing and you're scratching and clawing for everything you can get, all in the spirit of making your football dreams come true, etc., etc., etc. Twist, of course, is that he couldn't even crack the roster of a CFL team and had to go to Florida and learn how to wrestle. So, um, however, on the more serious side, the post goes on to say, as an owner of the XFL, our discussions with the CFL have been very exciting. There's a real pulse here because you can feel the unique opportunity we can potentially create together. Wherever it all leads, I can tell you this one is personal to me and is driven by all my passion because me being cut by the CFL was the greatest thing that happened. It set me on a path, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so I like to play this first, Joe, uh, in the pardon the interruption style, which is big deal, little deal, or no deal. That's hard to say. 
Yeah, but you gotta pick one. <laughs> I gotta pick one? Well, Medium until deal? we know otherwise, I'd have to say a big deal. Wow. And okay. here's why. Okay. Because if the wild rumors are anything close to true, it's going to mean a fundamental change in what the CFL is. That's why it's a big deal until we know until we know whether there is going to be fundamental change or not it's a we have to we have to we have to treat it like there's a potential for some for what we know the league to be to maybe no longer be the way it was hmm hmm is that likely I mean, okay. okay. Everything I know about football that is not the NFL or NCAA, which I want to say I know a little bit about, tells me that this makes no sense. Uh, there, there's no real er- area for collaboration on the on the uh, on the part that we see, which is the games on the field. There's n- there should be no path to that. The only thing that gives me pause at all is it seems like Dave Naylor knows something he's not saying. And he seems to be saying that this is a bigger deal than people might want to make it. Now, of course, CFL fans don't need an excuse to make things a big deal. We're really good at that as a, as a whole. And, of course, we're talking we're talking as a group about how much can this change before it fundamentally becomes something different than what it is? Uh, to, for lack of a better word, it's like, how far can they go to change the game before the game is no longer the same? Okay. You're obviously convinced that it is a big deal because, in my opinion, I think people are running with this far too quickly, far too soon. Uh, I think I think we need to slow the roll on this a little. Bit. And for the most part, I would I agree with you. It's uh, just that until we know more about this, that there is a potential for something to fundamentally change. And there's at least one well-connected writer that's saying, "Get ready for fundamental change." So, wow, it makes me a little bit nervous on that front. If I was going straight logic, like I said before, it would make no sense for the two leagues to share what we know or share the same space as far as the rules are different. The seasons are different. uh, The traditions are far different. Well, (laughs) tradition tradition versus no tradition at all. But one of these things is not like the other. So it would make no sense uh, under the way we know things. But given that our whole lives have been thrown up in the air for the last year, who knows if something fundamentally needs to change to keep the league alive to begin with. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people have pointed out that the CFL is in real trouble here. The, the, The COVID crisis may have had a bit of a death blow here, potentially, to the league itself. I don't know. I, I think that people are running away with this a bit too much because, look, here here's the thing. On one side, you have the CFL, which is riddled with debt. That's their main problem right now. 
I mean, basically, and and you've got a couple of indifferent and has been for as long as I've been alive. And probably well, that's true. That's true. And uh, I think also you've got a couple of indifferent uh, markets right now, which I'm not sure existed in the 90s. Uh, even the early 21st century, I'm not sure that existed. The the level of apathy in a couple of a couple of cities. I won't name names here, but and the XFL is what. It's a bunch of intellectual properties, <laughs> maybe a little bit of infrastructure, you know, but I mean, it's not like they have a TV deal. It's not like they have one single player or coach employed, right? So, so even if this is highly intensely serious, it's not worth a lot right now. I mean, I read one thing. Today, and I wish I had bookmarked it because it would be nice to cite that source right now, that said because of these talks, because of these discussions, that the XFL was going to put off the 2022 season, which was which was their goal 72 hours ago. Right. And you could take that one or two ways, I think. Right. Right. Okay, one is... They don't want to put out a schedule now. They don't want to say, hey, we're going to play because either on A, on the one hand, they're talking, they don't know what part of the year they're going to play with the CFL if things go really crazy and they do some sort of mega merger or what have you. Or door B, in my mind, is they've got marketing power with The Rock. They've got a name that's at least known, if not widely respected, and they have some ideas behind the game that they could easily share with the CFL without fundamentally changing what the CFL is and kind of just rolling what they have and partnering with the CFL that way to use what they could instead of laying out for another set set of uniforms another set of equipment another set of players another set of coaches leases what have you that's probably not either hung up in bankruptcy hell or has to be renegotiated maybe they just take the ideas that we're going to have with the xfl and go how can we partner that with what's already existing and see if we can make the cfl a little bit more relevant to the u.s market and try out some of these wild ideas we have I think that's door B. A lot of people, a lot of people have talked about that, uh, the 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 rules stuff, which again I think is 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 cart before the horse kind of thinking. But let's run with that. I'm really gonna be sad if we lose the yard off, if the if we lose uh, the yard between the lines. I'm going to be sad if we lose that. I'm going to be sad if we lose the unlimited motion. Uh, and instead, I'd rather that the XFL pick that up <laughs> rather than vice versa. Now, if the CFL wants to do the double forward pass thing, if they want to adopt that rule, fine, fine. That's a wacky rule. It's very obscure. It doesn't happen often anyway. Uh, you know, the, But I think, I honestly think that what's going to happen is 
you'll get, um, they'll be marketed on like the same network in the States. And it will be an American League, National League kind of thing. I think you'll have some preseason games between XFL and CFL. And you'll have uh, a championship game, you know, after the Great Cup. You know, because I can't imagine, Joe, that Canada would ever give up the Great Cup. No, no. I don't think I don't think so. I don't I don't think they go that far. Even if it's for the champion of the in the in your scenario, even if it's for the champion of the Canadian side of things, I don't think that goes away. Right. There's there's no way. I, I just can't imagine it. And so I think honestly, I think that's the best that's the best case scenario. I can imagine the Canadians completely deferring to the states on the rules and such, which is unfortunate, you know, 11 on 11, you know, and, and mm-hmm. like some of the because stuff. because if you remember back in the in the 90s, when Memphis was around for the one year, they pushed very, very hard to have the rules changed to US rules because yeah. their fan base wasn't connecting with the rules and their stadium really wasn't equipped for it to be. Well, to be. OK, the stadium argument is good. The fans thing is nonsense. I don't think it's like so. It's not like you're watching rugby. It's not like you're watching Gaelic football. Okay, it's gridiron football. It looks like football. You know, it's, it's not. I mean, you can watch six on six, right, or whatever they play in Texas now. <laughs> you know, what is it, seven on seven, something mm-hmm. like that. But they have the mini teams, right? You can watch that. You can watch arena league, right? I mean, CFL is a lot closer to NFL and and college football, American football than those games are i think i looks a lot more like so what about that another big question of course is the ratio thing it it, it would be a non-starter for the states just due to labor laws see okay that that excuse has been used forever uh but it's also bullshit and here's why um in in Maybe the U.S. is different. I don't know for sure. But I believe that they have a law which is similar to anyone, basically any civilized country, which is this. Um, yes, there are uh, immigration laws and all that kind of stuff. However, if you can prove that you are uniquely qualified to do this position, for example, you're a nuclear physicist from Germany. Okay, There are very few people that can do what you do. Fine. Bam instant, you know, work visa or whatever you want to call it, green card in the States, whatever you want to call it, right? Okay. Isn't a sport like football considered to be, you know, a specialized profession? Yes. I'm not going to argue that. I'm not going to argue that point at all. And as a matter of fact, you bring up a good reason why you don't want to go back and forth over the borders if you can at all help it just because immigration laws are immigration laws but right. i don't believe that you that us law at least at the time in the in the 90s when they were broaching the subject would allow teams to say you've got to be of this nationality you got to have so many of this nationality and so many of this nationality i don't think us law at least at that time and i'm sure not now provide would not allow that sort of thing to happen i would be surprised i think you know this is business this is sports business this is the rock guy who they like 
try and tout as a future presidential candidate anyway. I mean, you know, I, I think that, especially if you dropped the ratio, you make it something like 20 or even 16%. It's like one out of six is Canadian. That means on a roster of 57, you have, what, uh, eight Canadians? I I don't think you're going to break the labor market with that. You know, and I and I think there might be like eight or ten American uh, multi-billionaires who would be willing to do that, you know, for the good of marketing, exploring new opportunities, or what is the press release saying? You know, I mean, I think that's plausible. I would like to think that that that's doable. However, I've seen a lot of uh, I saw a lot of Canadians uh, on Twitter, Facebook, going, "Yeah, get rid of ratio." And I was shocked. I was surprised to hear it, to be honest. Um, I can imagine a future where they get rid of the ratio, but the Rough Riders are still, you know, 40 Canadians <laughs> and 17 Americans, <laughs> just because. <laughs> um, somebody pointed out as well, uh, I saw a good line today that there's no way they could take the XFL into the CFL because they don't have a team named the Rough Riders. But then it was pointed. Well, it was pointed out they do have a team called the Roughnecks. So we were talking before the show that you had some insight via third party on, uh, I guess, financial partnerships with the CFL. Can can you go into that? Uh, not even so much financial partnerships, but remember our remember the uh, CFL 2.0. Remember sure. that that idea that. Sure. Okay, so I. I We've been seeing that they've been talking that the CFL and the XFL are throwing around the word partnership. And then I remember today that uh, when I was running around in a, in a Kevin Glenn jersey uh, at the Great Cup, a bunch of us wearing Kevin Glenn jerseys bumped into uh, the director of the British American Football Association, who had just got done. Uh, I don't think the ink was even dry on, the, on what he showed us. Wait, I gotta stop you for a sec. Were you all wearing the same Kevin Glenn jersey? Oh no, di- different, all different teams, of course, in our, in our wandering Glenn group. But yeah, I was hoping. Yeah, so the ink's not even dry on the on the partnership that they had signed with the CFL well, through C- CFL 2.0. So I saw I saw uh, Bruce's tweet earlier today, and I'm like, let me ask him what a partnership with the CFL looks like. At least from their perspective. Uh, so Bruce Leatherman uh, was just got we we talked over email. I just threw him a few questions to see what does a what does a partnership that actually exists right now look like. Uh, so I, again, I, it was spur of the moment. So a few questions might be pretty uh, generic questions, but it at least gives us something to go on and see what. What does this part? What does a partnership with the CFL look like? And maybe we can draw some conclusions about what the CFL and XFL can do, short of like completely blowing up the CFL itself. <laughs> so I asked, I asked them what the reasons uh, that they entered into a partnership with the CFL and other national governing bodies. Uh, so Bruce's response to me on that question, and I'll read them verbatim. I don't want to 
mischaracterize anything he's saying here because he was so, so nice and got back to me really quick. So, um, so the Global Alliance allows an unprecedented opportunity for federations to work together to overcome common challenges facing the sport. The CFL partnership in particular provides a new pathway outside the NFL for our athletes to work towards. So the CFL being an aspiration point, and this is my words here, the CFL wouldn't be an aspiration point for British athletes in this case. Uh, he continues that one of the things that resonated when we were advertising the 2019 CFL UK combine wasn't the interest from prospects. It was the flood of interest from players still in their teams, in their teens it's giving them it's really giving them a dream is what he says mm -hmm. so it's got the cfl on the map of teenagers over in britain and other countries to say hey this is a possibility yeah. so i asked them then how has a cfl partnership with uh, the british american football association helped them meet their own goals and of course they signed this in november 2019 so do the math it was five months and then the world exploded but so unfortunately, so his response is, unfortunately, the global pandemic put a damper on our growth, on our growth plans since restrictions in the UK did not allow us to have a season. We fully expect things to pick up once lockdown is lifted and we get back on the field. So, of course, there really hasn't been time for this idea to start growing yet beyond being a thought. Uh, but then I asked him. How do you see the British American Football Association being able to help the CFL achieve its long-term goals? So both sides have an interest in, in this partnership for a reason. Uh, so Bruce says that the aside from the untapped resource of elite athletes, we have some of the most passionate fans in the world. Any CFL team picking up a British player in next month's draft is going to get tens of thousands of new supporters overnight. So this reminds me of when Rakeem Cato started in montreal all of a sudden uh due to injuries and ineffective montreal quarterback play not that you're familiar with that at all right <laughs> that was a tremendous run that, that, <laughs> those few years so much right right so when cato started what week two i want to say it was 2016 his university got behind him and said hey marshall fans watch him tonight and for a while especially when he was when he had a good run at the beginning of his career, there was definitely some buzz going on in West Virginia about, hey, one of our local boys is kicking some butt up in Canada. So you could easily see that go from, hey, this is a guy that was in the XFL. We liked him there. He's now in Canada. He's doing this. You could see the marketing potential right there. Right, right, right. Of course. I've always, always, always said that. This is how especially these guys from the big colleges who one day will go on to the NFL. I've always said that this is the secret. It's just that, you know, even now, you know, supposedly ESPN shows 40 NFL games a year or whatever it is. But, you know, most of those are on like ESPN 2 and 3. And often something else is going on that's bigger that ESPN themselves are showing on the main network, like NBA game. Or something there, hockey even. <laughs> so they're not trying to market it. I think that's what they need to get out of this deal is the big media, is the big media coverage. Uh, the folks in, uh, let's say, uh, Phoenix want to see their guy play for the Rough Riders. So they need 
you know, a national network that you can stream easily or even get on your cable service for folks that still have cable service. Um, that's what I think they need to get out of the deal because really that's the only, really the only thing the XFL offers is its reputation and Dwayne Johnson. But you can see though, but you can see though the potential, e- even from the, even from the, from the global standpoint of, you're gonna you can attract new fans with the with getting players from all sorts of different places, whether it's a small U.S. college, a large U.S. college, or hey, maybe 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 all of a sudden there's Ottawa Red Blacks caps all over all over a certain part of the U.K. because one of their local boys is there. Yeah, there are some breeding grounds for reasonable football players in Europe. Uh, when I was in Hungary uh, in the teens, even there was a, there was a big there was a burgeoning uh, demand for local American football leagues in Europe, and some of these dudes from like Ukraine and Austria and Germany are big, <laughs> you know, and they can play. And the other thing that was wild about that was that it was a great sport for you know big guys who work out a lot right but can't handle a ball right or can't play soccer right because then they just play the line you know it's an actual sport that european that big european dudes can play so it's a marvel for these for some of these guys for these for these bodybuilder guys (laughs) you know they love it they love it um Quarterback development is a little bit slow. Which is why you hear stories of Canadian quarterbacks going over to Europe right sure. now. Right. Absolutely. See, see, that's what needs to happen. Because that's how, for example, soccer to some extent, but especially basketball works, is you have your lower tier European leagues. Then you have your more prestigious European leagues like Spain, France, whatnot. And then you have the Euro League, which is, you know, Champions League or whatever, basketball. And then you have the NBA, right? There's a path there. There's a pathway there. For Americans, that's go to college and then go NBA. Or sometimes, you know, they go to Europe as well if they don't want to go to college. We've seen that a few times uh, happen. So that's what that's always what football has lacked, American football has lacked, because basically two countries play it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, and by extension, which is where CFL 2.0 comes into the picture it's that and like i've said since the concept came into play it's a 5 10 15 year concept and not a what what do you have for me next year oh yeah oh uh, yeah but i did i did go ahead and ask them a few more questions um it, i did ask what has the cfl done to help them and vice versa at this point and what more will you be striving to do together once the world recovers from the covid19 pandemic um i guess there's more to this than even we see uh but uh, unfortunately bruce had to be a little bit vague here and i'm sure there's i'm sure there's good reasons for that uh, he did say all i could say is that there's more to this partnership than the global draft all the federations are co- collaborating on, on initiatives to greatly enhance the exposure of the sport and the leagues. So again, just right back to where we, what exposure. we were saying just yep. a minute. Exposure. Ago. Yep. 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 Then I do have one more question. One more question for him. Uh, I did. I did ask him 
and I did say, I realize that the partnership is in its early stages, but has there been direct growth that could be tied directly to the partnership already? Um, he said, again, the pandemic has been growth difficult for us in the past year, but from the very beginning, this partnership was generating a lot of interest from inside and outside the sport. National media coverage for the British American Football Association and the CFL was greater than we'd ever seen it with the announcement of the UK Combine. And that's that's the that's the end of um, me talking to Bruce on that front. Uh, but even before I asked I asked him those questions, it's like, wouldn't it be great if what they're talking about would maybe maybe there's a CFL change that could be made that makes sense in a lot of ways is instead of having the negotiation list, what if there was a CFL draft for American players? You could have the XFL and the CFL come together and have a combine at the same time, share the cost, share the the experience, find a way to market it on both sides of there. I don't know if you do a combined draft. Maybe you have a player drafted by two different teams in two different leagues. Possibly that's up for discussion, of course, because really it, you may you American players are probably going to prefer playing at home as opposed to going to Canada, all things being equal. But if you go together and have that experience where you're trying out for two leagues at one time, coaches from both leagues looking for different things, running different drills. What's the downside of that? Well, look, before even before you had interleague play at baseball, you had a draft, and the American League and the National League drafted together. And I'll tell you what, back in the day, sometimes dudes got drafted by, guess what, the Montreal Expos. And, you know, they went to play in a French-speaking country. <laughs> I mean, it's certainly doable. Yeah, a lot of guys don't like the cold, but you know, you might play for Buffalo, too. <laughs> you know, you might have to go to school in Colorado. You know, I mean, like, that's football is a game that's played in all kinds of weather, right? So, you know, if you get if you have to play in Edmonton, you're, sorry, dude. <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry, Los Angeles didn't like you more. <laughs> you know? Los Angeles Express or whatever they call it. So what can we take? I guess I guess we have been talking about this throughout. But what can we take from the partnerships that the CFL already has and kind of think about what kind of partnerships they could have with the XFL as it was last year or as it may be in the future? Do you think there's a decent pathway to a partnership that doesn't include um, a 20-team colossus that plays by mostly American rules in 2023? Well, like I said, I mean, I really think your best case scenario, at least at first, is you have some exhibition games, you know, especially if I mean, I don't think that they could even say in two years, OK, all the rules have changed. Right. Because, I mean, there is an infrastructure in Canada. Universities do play this stuff. High schools do play this stuff. And it takes some time to adjust. Right. I mean, uh, especially if you're going to be mixing and matching with like more American players, you know, fewer Canadians are going to make it right. You want to, you want to have those rules in place on lower levels too. So especially if they do that, I mean, I think it's exhibition games. I think maybe you have a championship game. I don't even know if it's officially recognized the first couple of times, 
Right, because especially since the XFL is going to end their season, the CFL is going to start their season. Ah, uh, see, I wonder if they're not going to line those up. I think the smart thing to do would be to line those up. Because, again, you have to, like, you have to cross-market it. And I think that, well, I guess then you would have to acknowledge that the championship game is meaningful. But I think it would be best for them to play in that same gap. You know, they should play in that same part of the year uh, before the NFL start. Yep. But then I guess I guess then we know that the CFL is... Let's take let's take a look at from the CFL's perspective. Then we know it's borderline viable. Let's call it that. It's existed. It I don't want to say it's thrived over the past decade, although it feels like it got more stable until the pandemic hit. And then you even so, you had Montreal ownership issues. BC is going to be up for sale in a year or two since David Braley died. But it's not like it's the 90s or anything where anything could happen on any given day with ownership. You at least had some stability through the last decade. I guess I guess when you're in that boat, how much of how much of that you're basically risking your existence on this all working then if you make a huge major move, if you take the league and shift it from its standard spot in the calendar to earlier you're selling out for this idea. It would be the best play to get more eyes and ears from the U.S. Yep. But then you are now making that not just a thing that would be beneficial to help with revenue and help stability, but you're now risking your existence on it. Well, I don't think if you're the CFL, you change things at all. I mean, that's the thing. You start in June. Maybe May. And you think and you think the XFL should follow them? Yes. Yeah, I think they should be playing at the same time. And yeah, you're gonna have a drop off at the end of the year because the NFL is gonna be going, okay. But right. it'll be you less, hit you hit you hit September and your ratings are gonna crater. I don't know if they crater in Canada, do they? They don't crater in Canada, but US viewership of the CFL goes straight to the toilet because it comes off of ESPN two for most of the summer with a game or two on their streaming service on ESPN plus streaming service. And most of the games on ESPN two to all of a sudden, the next time you see the CFL on TV, it's on ESPN news during the playoffs. It's all streaming from September to November. All right. You shrink the season, right? Cause 18 is way too many, even though the NFL is going to that. Eventually, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so you shrink the season, and you start in April. But be careful because your you you have your your core fan base wants the Great Cup in November and wants the Labor Day to be about mid season. So if you play around with that, you're going to mess with your core fan base, and then you're going to need that U.S. fan base to buy in. Yeah, your core base in Canada. Look, look, this is the thing that Vince McMahon, in my, in my view, had correct, is that um, a football season should start almost directly after the Super Bowl, right? Because it's true. I mean, if you're an NFL fan, you get addicted to Sunday. You get addicted to that, even if it's just the playoffs and you get one or two games. 
Sundays. You're addicted. You, you, you've got to have your football on Sunday, right? And then that week after the Super Bowl, it's crushing. Same thing happens at the CFL. That week after the Great Cup, it's bad. I mean, you still have NFL, so it's not like horrible, but I mean, you watch your CFL. You just, you're ready for more, you know? And, and so I think that was always a good argument. Now, of course, playing in February in Canada sucks. Probably. <laughs> so about, the earliest you could do it is April, really, I think. And then, and then if the CFL aligns with that, that's fine. Um, man, Labor Day, I know playing without a Labor Day is a tough sell, but by the same token, you know, playing against the NFL is a tough sell too. So I don't know how you would solve that unless you time it so that the, the big XFL CFL championship game is on Labor Day. You know, I mean, that would be, I get that would be the only that's September, right? That would be about the only way to do it. That would be just about right to make everybody happy. To make everybody happy, because I guess in the end you're gonna have to sell out either the Canadian or the U.S. Uh, audience, and I'll tell you who's gonna win that argument. Mm-hmm. And at that point, then you're ga- you're gambling that it works, because yeah. if it doesn't work, not only does it not work, but you've also torn away what was ticking along, let's say, before that. Well, if it's a total disaster, you'll know after one season, right? But I don't believe it will. And I was going to answer your second point, your second uh, feature of that question, too, which was what about shaky ownership in Canada? Well, okay. I mean, all of a sudden now, hey, dude, you can be in a league with The Rock. You know, owner's going to buy into that. Look. How did the USFL sell expansion franchises? Hey, you could be in a league with Donald Trump, man. That's how they sold some of these guys on that stuff, man, on, on buying, you know, buying franchises in Pittsburgh, you know, to go against the Steelers and stuff. Yeah, that's clever. But, hey, you can hang out with Donald Trump, right? There's a glamorous <laughs> millionaire, right? So it's the same thing with The Rock, man. Who doesn't love The Rock, man? Especially dudes in the football. I mean, as we know from our CFL experience, a lot of CFL fans are into wrestling as well. Like, come on. How mm-hmm. many like would be CFL owners don't want to hang out with The Rock a couple, three times a year, you know, in the press box with Dwayne Johnson and stuff? You know, he's going to be president someday. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Josh Smith and Trevor and Travis Kerr are now counting their pennies and trying to see how much they can come up with together just to join uh, your your league that you've just that you've just put together so they can hang out with the Rock. I, I guarantee you they are they have broken their piggy banks and they are counting the pennies right now because uh, they squirreled them away because obviously they can't they're not spending them at stores right now. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can do so in the U.S. anymore. People are keep an eye out, trying to pass those Canadian pennies. <laughs> get, would it work in Wisconsin? Can, can you can you spend Canadian money in Wisconsin and get away with it, Joe? Oh, I've sent Canadian quarters, but I tried spending a Canadian dollar bill. I don't think that's going to work. Well, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But not... I, I I've gotten Canadian pennies before. I've gotten Canadian quarters, dimes, nickels, what have you, just because they're so similar. All right. Well, I think, again, I, I just want to emphasize this one more time. I think that the thing for the CFL, no matter what happens, is that they've got to get more TV. They've got to get more, even even social media and stuff like that. They've just got to get more exposure in America. 
Um, recently, you know, the CFL has gotten a small kick, especially in, again, that first part of the year in the summertime, thanks to stuff like fantasy football and gambling in the States. That might be a part of what the XFL brand brings to you, too. Right. So you, you can got- make a partnership to run with that sort of thing. Like the AAF had had their app and had their ideas about how to make the game more interactive. If the XFL, if all the XFL is anymore, is that those kind of ideas plugged into the Canadian game, since the Canadian game exists already, that's probably the best path forward. <laughs> the AAF app was pretty cool. It work well. Oh, and, and fantasy football, if you can get a traditional fantasy setup set up somewhere, people will play it. I can confirm this. Yeah, well, I mean, again, that's that's what the CFL has right now is that in June, they start in June. And by then, like, you know, the the the, the Americans, especially those that play fantasy football and daily fantasy, are ready to freaking watch some football, right? They're ready to start gambling. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they play those games, except they do it with Canadian guys. And I'll tell you what, they recognize some of the names because they follow college football and they go, oh yeah, that dude, that's where he ended up. And that effect that the CFL already enjoys would be boomed, would be multiplied. multiplied if you could get them on freaking TV. You've got to get them in the eyeballs Mm-hmm. Even in the non-gamblers, you got to show it to the, you got to show it to people. The XFL, I guess, is pretty fun. I think the CFL is really fun, and I think people like it when they see it. So we'll see how much it changes, right? If they merge or whatever. The other thing I would also say, another point I would like to make, maybe my last point here is that, and everybody's going merger, 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 merger. Okay, well, look, right. that and it has a really it's really too early to be saying that, but that's exactly where your mind goes when you see partnership and agreements. And sure, of course, well, especially the mass mind of the internet. Right? <laughs> Once that snowball right. gets rolling, man, you're, 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 you know, you're planning expansion teams already. But the one thing I want to say is everybody's talking about merger. Look, merger hasn't happened in North American sports uh, since the seventies. And as everybody who's been around, you know, since like, the 80s will tell you the 70s are a different planet okay things were way different then okay uh and you know things happened differently then rogue leaps could actually make it and and that whole concept now has been destroyed i think uh the usfl should have put that to bed but people are stubborn and they try and do this stuff again so don't get gaga about everybody this isn't the aba you know the xfl is not the xfl is not the american league you know it is not the afl it's just not it's a name it's a brand like joe says you know it's the rock and it's some logos and you know like i said maybe a little bit of infrastructure so to talk merger is pretty far ahead of the game, I think. And so I just wanted to say, you know, I don't want to be a wet blanket, but just like slow the roll a little bit here. Let's And and to be fair, you doing this and and, and it's where ninety percent of me is too, to be fair. Uh I do have an anxious side too that likes to come out. But 
most of where I'm at is right where you're at. And that's exactly how we like it as CFL fans. We like it the way it has been. Well, I like the potential of, of Americans seeing it. So, so I can say, see, I told you this was dope. <laughs> Watch it. It's great. Yeah. I want to be, I want to talk some trash to my brother, you know, who's like, like most Americans is losing faith in baseball because it sucks <laughs> more and more. <laughs> Yeah, that was and, and did you see some of the rule changes they're playing oh. on? They're in their completely homogenized minor leagues that they that they created over this pandemic. I don't know what happened. What I don't the... know what happened to Major League Baseball. I'm just happy because softball has started, and I'll be happy when the CFL started. I guess we should real quick. Uh, have you heard anything about 2021 season? Do we know when it starts? There's a schedule. I, I'm sure that as things as things get closer, they'll postpone a few of the games. But I haven't thought. Uh, I'm sure that I'm sure that the less they want they want to play less less games until they know that they're going to start being able to trickle people into the stands. Once provinces start saying, "Yeah, you can gather in large groups again," hello, they're back. But until then, it's going to trickle along. Okay, we'll be back. The Rouge, White, and Blue CFL podcast will at some point in the future. I'm actually kind of glad that we held off this podcast until today. We almost did it on Tuesday, in which case we would have missed everything. So that would have sucked. Uh, So I'm kind of glad we put it off until now. So until next time, for my co-host Joe Pritchard, this is Oz Davis. This has been the Bruce White, and Blue. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. <laughs>